0: Listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Balkum as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Save the Marriage Podcast. This is the podcast, the original podcast designed to help you save your marriage. This podcast has now been downloaded over 3 million times around the world. Kind of blows my mind to think about that, but we are well over 350 episodes in and still going strong right now. I'm answering your questions. Now, this is the place where you get to kind of shoot your questions to me, and today I'm going to be answering one of those questions about how difficult it is to even get this process started. Why is it so hard if that's what you want to do? Well, that's Audrey's question, but if you've got a question, if something's burning for you and you're not sure what to do about it, I'm looking for the Goldilocks of questions. That means that it's the sweet spot, not too hard or not too long, not too short, not too specific, not too broad but one that fits right in the middle. I'm looking for that question, right? If you ask me such a specific question that it applies to nobody but you, that's a coaching question. There's a place to get that answered in coaching, but this isn't the place for that because we are listened to by people around the world. And so you want to make sure that what you're asking is something that does apply a little bit broadly, but let's not go too broad. If you ask me, how do I save my marriage? My response is: Please check out my Save the Marriage system. That's the place to really learn, to really delve in, and find a, a lot of what um, you're looking for. In fact, you'll find a precise method of how you walk through understanding what went wrong with your marriage, how to get back to it. Okay, so the Goldilocks question today is from Audrey. Audrey gave me some background information and told me that you know when she got married. She meant it, right? She made a commitment to this relationship, and here they are after nine years of marriage and after two kids in trouble. Her spouse wants out. She doesn't want that to happen, but she knows that they're disconnected. She also knows that she desperately wants to save her marriage. And so her question is this. If I it is so important to me, if I so desperately want to save my marriage, why can't I get started I haven't even bought your system, she says. But I know I want to save my marriage. What is holding me back? Why can't I get started? Audrey, it's a great question. A lot of people ask that same thing to me all the time. They're wondering if it's so important, why can't they get there? Now, notice that this is true in so many areas of our lives. I had a conversation with a friend of mine that has been a smoker for years, and he said, I know it's bad for me. I mean, I know that down to my heart and soul, and and my gut tells me I've got to stop this, but I don't. Why don't I? It's a fair question to ask about that too. Maybe you know that you're not eating well. You need to go to change a diet, right? You need to start eating better, eating healthier foods for you, maybe avoiding the holiday foods that are all around us these days, and yet you find yourself going right back to it. Or maybe you know you need to get to the gym, You know, that every day that passes, that your body suffers a little more by not getting in shape, and yet you don't go back to the gym. Same thing. Something holds you back. Now, there are some specific things that I I think hold us back when we're talking about saving a marriage. And so I just want to cover uh, some specific things to think about, some ways of thinking which one it is for you. The first thing that holds people back from even getting started is fear. Now, there are a couple of levels of that fear. One fear is that you're fearful that you'll try the wrong approach. Now, you've heard me say that therapy is not very effective. And so you're going, okay, well, now therapy's out. Now, what do I do? Now, understand it's not that therapy is, is out, it's that you need to be careful about therapy. You need to go into therapy understanding where the problems can be. I talk about that in another podcast about how we sabotage the therapy process, from both from the therapist side of it and from the client side of it. There, there are multiple sides that cause problems. So now I've thrown fear in there of that instead of me kind of helping you understand how to navigate that. But you may have some fear. Or you may go on the Internet and do a search for lots of ways of saving your marriage, and some of them seem manipulative. Some of them seem too good to be true, and so you don't know what to do. And so that stops you. And one way of dealing with that is to say, okay, you know, what makes sense to me when I'm able to read about it and, and you know, kind of understand it? Now, let me just kind of give you an example. If, you're, if you've been listening to my podcast and you're going, man, my, this podcast makes sense. Guess what? The system matches that. Um, it's more than that, but it matches that. Um, I am pretty much an open book. I'm 360 some episodes in, so it's an open book, right? That's where you want to start looking. Can I get behind that and understand it? So that's a layer of fear of not knowing what to do. There's another layer of fear. What if it fails? What if you can't get any movement forward? What if it fails? There's one thing that's bigger than that fear, though, that I would rather you be thinking about. What if you do nothing? What happens if you do nothing? I would rather go down having fought the good fight than to go down doing nothing. That's just me. You can decide for yourself. But for me... I would rather have tried my best and failed than to look back and go, "Man, I didn't even try." I didn't even move forward with that. So that's me. You you can decide how that fits for you, but I tend to think that people do best when they have really put up their best effort. When they've really dug in and said, "You know, I I don't I'm not even going to let that fear stop me." And that's an important point. So Audrey, hear this, that if it's fear that's holding you back, that's not what fear is there for. Let me clarify for you that fear is our internal warning system to tell us that something's important, not to tell us to avoid it. I talk about fear as being the importance indicator when most of us use it as the avoidance indicator. It indicates what we should avoid. And I think you should see it as it indicates what's important, what we need to pay attention to. And so instead of going, yeah, I'm not going to do that because it scares me. You say, okay, it scares me. That means it's important enough for me to pay attention. But that may mean doubly sure that I need to work on this, right? That may be just The thing that's telling me, you have to work on this. It's so critical that you work on this. So there are a couple of ways that fear gets in our way, bogs us down, and keeps us tied down. But we don't need to let it happen. We can talk back to fear. Sometimes when I'm coaching people, I'll suggest what they might do in the next week between our sessions. And we agree to something, And then they come back to me and they say, I'll say, hey, how'd that go? And they'll say, oh, I didn't do it. And I'll say, oh, what kept you from doing it? And they'll say, invariably, because I was afraid. Now, notice that fear is a state of being. It's not a reason for doing or not doing. It's just a state of being. If they said, you know, I was really afraid, but I did it anyway, I would be all about that. But when people tell me that they let fear stop them, That just tells me that they're believing that fear means don't do something rather than pay attention while you're doing it, that this is important, something you really want to move towards. Now, there's a second reason that some people don't do things, and that is indecision. You haven't made the decision. You think you want to do it, right? But you haven't quite stepped into that. A lot of times that indecision is, Is based on the fact that you don't know why you should have to put forth the effort. Or maybe you don't know if the relationship had what it needed anyway. So indecision robs people of moving forward. And sometimes indecision is waiting for decision to be made. How do we dissolve or decide indecision? We act. I've had clients over the years who have not been able to make a choice. Sometimes they can argue them way, their way right back to stuckness every time we talk. And so I'll make a simple suggestion. Decide it by a flip of the coin. Now, understand that there's a one step beyond flipping the coin. But imagine this. You can't decide. Should I save my marriage? Should I not? Should I work on it? Should I not? Should I you know, move forward or should I not? Okay. Take out a coin. Flip it. Hids, you work on it. Tails, you leave it alone. It lands. It'll land heads or tails. Notice your reaction to that. Let's say it lands tails up that you're going to leave it alone. If you go, oh, okay, that feels good. That tells you something about how low your connection was with that, how you'd already really given up and that just confirmed it. But if it lands on tails, time to leave it alone and you go, oh no, that's not what I want to do. Now you've made a decision. If it lands on heads and you go, ah, great, now I know what I'm going to move forward, great. If it lands on that and you go, Oh, there's no way I want to do that. Well, you've decided again that there was already a decision that was made. You just weren't willing to voice it. Now you can look at it from a different way. Now you can examine your decision. What do you do about that? There's a third reason that some people have a hard time getting started, and that's blame. They're playing the blame game. They look back on what's happened in their relationship and they say, this isn't my fault. I shouldn't be the one responsible for this. I shouldn't be the one who has to figure this out. I'm not the one who should have to fit the pressure of this. I'm not the one who had the affair. I'm not the one who, you know, gambled. I'm not the one who cheated on the taxes. I'm not the one who ignored me. I'm not the one who refused sex. I'm not the one. On and on it goes, right? It's an endless list that people can get in. Blame. Really is a way of saying, A, I'm not responsible, and B, I'm really hurt. And I tend to believe that in almost all cases, we have mutual responsibility. And then really the question is who's going to start the process? That's not always the case. There are some exceptions. Usually they tend to involve psychopaths and sociopaths. Because when people are healthy in relationships, even moderately healthy, even minimally healthy in relationships, it takes two to tango in a relationship. It doesn't take two to tango back into the relationship. Anybody can choose to ask somebody else to dance, right? I mean, that's that's the fallacy of that saying. It, it does take two to tango, meaning you both are dancing the steps of your relationship. But one person can start that dance. One co- person can invite the other person into the dance. But when we're caught in blame... We don't want to take it on ourselves. So I flip that. What about responsibility? Responsibility is when you say, okay, I don't care about the blame piece. I don't need to solve that. I want to figure out how to be responsible about what happens next. Blame is about the past. Responsible is about the future. How will I respond differently going forward? Responsibility its a great word. Responsibility. I have the ability to respond differently than I have have ability to respond, period. I get to choose my response. Blame is avoidance of response. Blame is saying, I'm not going to be the one to do this. Somebody else can start this because I don't want to be at fault. I don't find that to be particularly helpful or healthy in how we move forward in a relationship. So if you find yourself at that blame place, decide to put it aside. Decide you're not going to spend your time there because that's not where life happens. Life happens in the responsibility, our ability to choose our new path. Now there is a fourth reason that people often have a hard time starting. is that truly, really and truly, don't know how. We get to where we are based on what we know at the moment. We do the best we can. When we know differently, we do differently. That's always true. We do the best we can given where we are right now. And so you may go, you know, I don't know where else to go but here. This is how I've been. This is how I've been all along. So I don't know how to do differently. When people come to me and they say, you know, I just want to get back to the relationship we had. My response is, but your relationship you had got you to here. So you need to get to a different relationship, but you may not know how to get to a different relationship. And that's a matter of getting the information, getting the help, getting the training, giving the knowledge base that will get you to a different place. Let's say that I want to go surfing, right? And I go into the surf shop and there are 35 surfboards of all different shapes, sizes, heights, whatever. And I go, man, I just want to surf, but I don't know what board to choose, and I don't even know where to go that would be a good place to surf. And I don't even know how to pop up on the surfboard. I don't even know what popping up is, right? Or what do I, when do I do it? How do I paddle out? And so in the end, I turn around and walk out of the surf shop going, I have no idea. Or I could say, hey, I want to learn to surf. I saw that sign for the surf camp. I think I'm going to do surf camp. I'll let them tell me about the board I need. I'll let them tell me how to catch a wave. Will I be really good the first time out there? Nope but I can practice and I can get better. When I started jujitsu now about two years ago, um, I had a clue, but I had no clue on how little I knew. And that's one of those stages of development. We don't know what we don't know at the beginning of something. But then when we start wading in, we suddenly are very clear about what we don't know. We know what we don't know. That took me a while to get beyond that. I'm getting to the point where I know what I know. Mastery is when you don't know what you know. It's so deep within you that it just happens. An example of that is when you start driving. If, you're, if you've never driven a car, you, somebody, you say, oh, I want to drive a car, and people say, okay, get in, start driving. I don't know how. I don't know how to turn it on. I don't know how to navigate this. It's one of the most complex tasks that we forget about how complex it is. As adults, you get in, you start your car, you drive away. You don't think a thing about it if you've grown up driving. But if you've never done that, it's overwhelming. It's a matter of acquiring the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, and the tools. When you get to the place where you have that, then you can begin driving or jujitsu or surfing or whatever the skill is or improving your relationship. So your relationship has gotten to a place it is because you didn't have the skills that got you to a better place. Neither one of you, right? You can start changing that. That's why I created the Save the Marriage system. If you don't have that, use that as your beginning point. The quick start guide tells you exactly where your relationship is. You can assess your relationship and see what steps you need to take. Then you can start into the rest of the material. You can go through the primary module, which will help you understand why things got to where they were and help you understand how you begin to reverse that. And so you use that and then you go, wow, there's a whole lot of anger and resentment between my spouse and me. Okay, then use the module on healing anger and resentment. Let's say you suddenly go, yeah, but there was the affair. Well, use the audio that talks about recovering from the affair. Let's say you go, yeah, but I think behind it all is a midlife crisis. Then you use the audio about the midlife crisis. Let's say that your spouse is then resisting everything you've got. Then use the Down and Dirty Guide to get around that resistance. Now, if you really want to go full bore, as a bonus, I give you a free week of VIP. You can stay or not stay, but you can come in and get the tools you need for that one free week and really just bore into what this process is about and get serious about that. You can even ask for a session, a get started session with one of my coaches. It's not a get started in coaching. It's a get started in the process to get you the best start possible as you're moving forward. That's a free bonus. Those two pieces are bonuses just by you saying, yep, that's what I wanted. I don't sign you up for it. You sign up for it. That's where you say, I'm in. So let's just kind of backtrack through that. If it's fear, don't let it make your decisions ever life should not be decided by your fears if it's indecision make the decision either to move forward or or not and that's entirely up to you i tend to think that the best decision is to try to save your relationship even if you don't know the outcome to try because then you get the opportunity of looking back and going i did everything i could right you you have that that will help you feel better in the future But make a decision one way or the other. If your decision is not to work on it, then we part ways here. If your decision is to work on it, great. Be aware that the next sabotage is blame, where you're saying, yeah, but why me? And my response to that question is always, why not me? Why shouldn't I put forth the effort to make things better? Once I get beyond the blame, then the question is, how do I gain the skills? Savethemarriage.com. That's the starting point. So, Audrey, I can tell you a lot of reasons why you're having a hard time getting started. But the biggest thing to do is to get started. The first step is the most important. Sometimes people used to pull out the old atlas, you know, the maps, and they would look at how they might get somewhere. But that's not the trip. That's just planning on the trip. It's just thinking about the trip. The trip happens when you go out the door and you start your journey, let's get that journey started. This is Lee Balkum, wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.